first aeon I was the great spirit. In the second aeon, men knew me as the horned god, pangenitor, panthage. In the third aeon, I was the dark one, the devil. In the fourth aeon, men knew me not, for I am the hidden one. In the fifth aeon, I appear before you as Baphomet, the god before all gods who shall endure to the end of the earth. In this new aeon, I appear to you as C.M.M. Imagine that there is a brilliant white light just above is commentary on the magic art in the year of the climate oh that was very educational now magic will take place don't be fooled by what i just said <laughs> this is uh cmn all right, welcome back, everyone. I'm Symphonic Metal Kennedy, and this is Chaos Magic News, the only news outlet convicted of future crimes by the Inquisition. As always, I'm joined by my imitatable co-host, Terrence McNugget. Terrence. Oh, I have a name this week. Yeah. Great. great. Yeah, you, you're, we're, we're getting there. Um, how you doing, Terrence? I mean, I've always, I've, I've always had this name, and... I, I I got it. It was given to me as a gift, and I was like, you know what? I like it so much. I'm gonna use it every day. <laughs> oh, <sighs> How you doing? I'm all right. I'm all right. Um, uh, it's our second episode, folks, and we're honestly both kind of burnt out. Um, for completely opposite reasons. But um, yeah. So we have a another slapdash kind of production today. We're gonna talk about witch talk. We're going to discuss the usual headlines with a magical lens, and we're going to turn our weakness of unpreparedness into a strength this week and talk about preparedness and magic. Very basic, but very important. But first, um, we're, we got a little bit of recanting to do, or, or rather Terrence. Terrence is going to recant because, as we all know, I've never said anything wrong ever, and I refuse to apologize for anything. But uh, we're, we're talking about yeah. Luda. <laughs> I know that, and I, I love that about you. My favorite thing. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, um, last week on the very first episode, we decided that we were going to come for one of the greats and talk <laughs> about how much we absolutely despised the opening of Grant Morrison's first published novel, Luda. And I still stand by what I said about the opening. It's not good at all. I, I if you liked it, go for it. Just because I don't like something doesn't make it objectively bad. Blah, That's blah, blah. What other but, metric do I have to judge whether something is bad? Um, Spotify plays. Oh, that's yeah. truth. Truth. Um, yep, yep. But the point being that I've, I'm maybe four chapters in now and it improved significantly there i'm I'm honestly hooked uh back to the burnout discussion yeah i've been getting up at like two o'clock going into work doing 15 hours and then 
turning around and doing it all over again. Jesus. And yeah, yeah, it's I mean it's it's not great, but it's it's okay. Making it. Yeah. But the the point being that in the midst of it, when I've been getting downtime, I've been grabbing my copy of Luda and just going, just trying to ah, just one more page, one more page, one more page. Well, I mean, I, that's always the sign of a good book for me, I guess, is when I have no time and I'm still forcing myself to read. So absolutely. I'm, I'm glad it's turned around for you. I am. Um, I'm yeah. instead I've gotten deep into, you know, CMN's first, uh, occult fiction work um the adventures of uh johnny francis and um i'm i'm pretty happy with it so far no no comment what that's your job (laughs) that's your job uh right so yeah i'm i'm burnt out is it too early to have a recurring joke i it's definitely too early to have a recurring joke but I I know myself and I'm not going to be able to keep from making that joke. So we're just going with it. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty burnt out for the opposite reason. I'm, I had an interview this morning that had to get rescheduled. So I took a power nap and, um, didn't really do much today. So I'm just kind of in that general malaise of having not done anything. And it's making me not, it may, it's making me want to do even less. I, I feel so bad for you. I know, I know. It's it's bad. It's how how do how does how anyone deal with this? Martyr? I know. I'm I'm here giving everyone content when I could just be asleep with a YouTube video on in the background. That I will inevitably wake up and be like, I don't even remember watching this and have to rewind it and after five minutes be asleep again. You know, it it's hard work, but it's an honest living. That's how ASMR channels rack up millions of views. <laughs> I'd imagine. Oh, crap, I fell asleep. Started over. Yeah. Ah, just That's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna sloshing water bottles. I'm I'm gonna get a I'm gonna hypnotism video, right? And I'm just gonna hypnotize you so you forgot that you watched the hypnotism video. That way when you wake up, you're like, oh man, I fell asleep, and you replay it. You think that goes against YouTube's you uh, make, terms of services? You will make no, because you're going to make $5 off of the thousands upon thousands of views you get. Oh. Uh, what if I make a lot of them? And then they'll... And I'll just label them different things. I'll be like, all right, here's, uh, here's some hypnosis to, uh, for self-acceptance. Here's some hypnosis for better confidence. This is some hypnosis for, uh, you know, remembering your dreams. But it's all just, you're going to forget you watched this video. And when you wake up, you're going to be like, oh, man, I fell asleep. Um, I don't think YouTube is equipped to handle such cunning psychic warfare on your part. I'm a, I'm a regular Michael Aquino. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a perfect analogy. So. So. Um, the point being that with the two of us uh, going through our own personal battles with very personal demons we we don't have an insanely prepared and rehearsed show for you so but it does lead to the discussion of preparedness and magic which i think is always very interesting subject especially when you're talking about chaos magic 
Right. Because I think there's a lot of people that, yeah, I think there's a lot of people that almost have the approach of like, oh no, all this needs to happen organically in the moment and I need to just go for it. And it's like, I'll know it when the time is right. And then there's the the opposite end of the spectrum where it's, you know, I I have to wait until the moon is full in cancer and I run into a lady with a yellow hat and that way I will know it is the proper auspicious time to do this ritual to get the curious George reboot to go off without a hitch, you know? Yeah. I think, I think especially in the kind of modern busy world that most of us tend to inhabit, a lot of our magic practice tends to be a lot more centered around things we have around and setting auspicious dates. Like those are the two ends of the spectrum. It's either, all right, what do I have right now that I can make, you know, this ritual that I want to do or make a ritual what, to symbolize the thing that I want to do in 15 minutes. Yeah. What can I do with the, what, what's the most efficient way to go about this that with the things I have on hand or we're all right, I'm going to, it's, I know I'm off on uh, the 25th. That means that on the 25th, I'm going to have all of this stuff ready and I'm just going to spend the entire day in my wizard robes, in my wizard tower, hiding out from the world. And then you don't get half of it done and you sleep in and <laughs> you watch the hypnosis video. So it's like, crap, well, I got to watch that again and I still got to do this ritual. Damn it. Yeah, I think, I think there is something to be said about spending a week or two weeks or even a month getting everything together for the one thing you're doing and making sure it goes off to the best of your ability. And then there's also the moments where, you know, you weren't, maybe you weren't even planning on doing something, but something hit you in the proper way. And you're like, Oh, wait, wait, wait. If I do, ah, there's the thing, you know, sometimes it can be as simple as, uh, lighting a candle or putting or uh, uh, an object that you found now holds the uh, (laughs) the secrets of the universe. You know, you found the philosopher's stone near the storm drain while you were on your walk or something and be like, oh, this is the thing. This is what I was here for. Well, you know, I think those are the those are I, I, I think what's what the important thing about that really is, is the sort of magic as lifestyle kind of aspect versus magic as work not to denigrate either of those type of views right but i think there's a no we we never look down on anyone no we are we are a beacon of light and life and love here yeah we accept everyone and we've never criticized anyone especially not you know grant morrison or james madison uh but I think the difference being that a lot of us, the little things we do every day, right? The small rituals that are just almost habit or, you know, like you said, when something strikes us out of nowhere, I'm like, oh, I have to do magic now versus magic viewed as a long-term kind of project where everything has a goal in mind and everything has a set path forward, right? Where it's, you know, mm-hmm. when you're, or it might even be better to d- divide it into magic as lifestyle and goal-oriented magic, I suppose, right? 
Yeah, I, I can come with you on that. Yeah, yeah. The things that we do that are sort of like our magical hygiene, you know, the, you know, banishing every day. We light candles. We give offerings. We read from various texts or whatever, you know, meditation, if you want to go there. That sort of thing versus magic. Who, medit- that- who Hold on. Nobody meditates. If you know anyone who says that they meditate, they are lying to you. They are trying to sell you a yoga mat. You don't need that in your life. <laughs> I mean, so anyway, I was. I, I'm sure I the was bo- meditating. <laughs> way, yeah, I was meditating on this the other day. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, but um, and I think part of it really comes down to when we're talking about actually performing works that have large impactful kind of things. Most of us are pretty on board with doing that sort of thing, right? Most of us, when we, when we're doing magic that we view as for something that's incredibly important, whether it be on our own, you know, spiritual um, path or going towards enlightenment or whatever, what have you, or if it's, you know, I really, really need this sale to go through. I really, really need to get this promotion. I really need this house. I really need to find a place to rent. You know, the, the, I need this magic to work. Otherwise my life will suck significantly more. I think a lot of us are really good at doing that. Like we're, we have no problem pulling out all the stops and staying up super duper late, just setting things up for two days from now. What I think we're really bad at for the most part is not viewing every sort of magical operation that we do as something like that. When you, you have the simple thing of like, Oh, I, you know, I don't even know what I'm doing right now. Or you, you see something online that piques your interest. Right. And you just kind of throw at it mm-hmm. for about 15 minutes with stuff you have about. And then you're and when, when either nothing happens and you're like, well, I guess that's nothing. Or if it works amazingly well, it becomes your whole identity from there. He's like, guys, you don't understand. I've been, I, I saw the, I saw the video on the Facebook reel where all you had to do was light the candle and say the incantation. And I'm pretty sure I'm Jesus now. I'm either Jesus or Krishna. I'm one of the two. Maybe they're the same person. I haven't got all that figured out yet, but watch the reel. Yeah, imagine like you run into some schmuck who figured out, you know, the the most basics of the of Rigardi's neo Reiki and stuff and made it their entire personality for like a year. I mean, it's <laughs> the thing is, like, it's fine. You know, I don't I don't really care if anyone's doing anything important. It's kind of the worst thing in the world well, to say, I suppose, but it's like, I don't really care well, if anyone well else is doing, because the people I enjoy are always doing interesting things. Well, here's my, here's my counterpoint, though. You're talking about, you know, people, oh, they throw at it for 15 minutes, but here's the thing. If we're talking about actually goal-oriented process, what's more effective? Doing one very big thing that takes maybe we'll use a conservative estimate of say three hours of your time at not preparing, but three hours, just doing the thing. And you do that maybe twice a week or, or a, once every two weeks, rather what's better that or something that you carve 15 to 30 minutes out every single day to do. Right. Right. And I'm not, I'm not saying there's an answer. I'm not saying either is right or wrong. It's just something to think about is that in a way there's something to be said about 
you know, I only worked on this for 15 minutes, but I did it every day for six months. Well, and I mean, I think that's almost what I'm getting at too, is like, I feel like a lot of us don't have that kind of staying power. You know, I, I, I think that's the difference. Like, you know, when we have, when we're talking about an actual practice, right. You know, that's kind of the bedrock of it, right. That sort of spiritual hygiene and regiment of things like, you know, again, you know, the whole banishing every day, or if you're like into Thelema, you know, the Libra Resh type things where you have, you know, the four times you pray to the sun and then you're, you're supposed to meditate afterwards, you know, or just even having a simple meditation regimen. Like you said, if it's, if it's, even if it's just 15 minutes out of my day, every day that I'm doing it. Um, yeah. But in relation to preparedness to, uh, of doing magical practices, right? I don't think that those kind of practices help you much on that level other than just sort of acclimating you to basic magical type of practices, you know, or things well, that that's might be true. relevant if you're, to if you're doing a If you're doing a ritual, if you're doing a ritual to, say, get a, get a house and you do, you know, you, there is that idea of like, well, I'm going to do this one thing, this one act of magic, and it better work, rather than you're not going to spend you're not going to spend six months doing the same. Well, hell, maybe you will. But, well, in fact, that's you know, actually I, what I was going to say. I, I don't feel like most people keep at things like that that often. You know, especially right. having, you know, myself recently, you know, as much as like four or five months ago, I suppose, spent literally the entire four to five months doing a weekly ritual to get something and then it all blew up in my face and didn't work anyway. Um, mm-hmm. It's one of those sort of things where you're, you know, you, you have to ask yourself where it goes wrong. And was it because I was doing it like carving out, you know, what, like the 30 to 40 minutes a, a, a week that I had to just do this kind of involved thing and then forgetting about it for the rest of the time. Or was it well, because I, I kept doing it and I should have just, you know, been like, all right, results, you know, let, you know, work without attachment to results, you know, without lust of result, as you will. Um, you know, should I have just done the one big thing and just waited for it to work? Well, I guess it, it also goes back to the question of, you know, you can do the magic. You, you if you do a, a sigil to win the lottery and you don't buy a ticket, how are you going to win? And maybe that maybe there's the the middle ground of like if you if there's something that you want, you need to be working at it every single day. We've all heard that kind of it's a tired cliche at this point, but you should be working at it every single day. But that doesn't necessarily mean you should be doing magic for it. That, that you know, if you want a house, you need to go house searching. You need to talk to a, you know, you need to talk to a real estate agent. You need to ask around if anybody knows any things that are that are for available. Your sale, you need to do things like look at what your finances are, you know, this, that, and the other. There's a there's a billion and one things that because you also have to remember that tons of people find a house for sale that they can afford and they like and did not wave a wand around like they were Harry Potter. You know, yeah. you're do, the idea is that you're doing something magical to try to 
make this thing manifest in a a coincidental, synchronistic, whatever you want to call it. You're not going to go abracadabra and have a house pop in front of you. I don't know. And I think some I of guess. us are looking for that. You know, that's sort of the the that's sort of the high magic goal, isn't it? That everyone oh, that's wants. What we to... want. No, that's what we want. But we we all understand that there's the idea of like it's not going to ju- you're not going to just walk outside and then all of a sudden be in the new house. You know, it's going something we there's going to be something weird that happens that might bring it to you. But other than that, it's there. There is a a line of how is this going to come about? And I think maybe that is the key when it preparedness is that you need to set the stage for the weird thing to happen. If there's no way if there's no way that your uncle is going to mysteriously die. And leave you the, the haunted mansion. You know, how are you? Where's this house going to come from? Okay. Yeah. I mean, again, it ends, send, we end in a very basic kind of sentiment, but it's one that we probably all need to absorb a little bit better. Um, you have any, yeah. any random tips about how to be prepared to do magical work for our audience before we move on to the next thing? My suggestion, and I would say this to just about anybody is get a big, big, big storage container of, of some kind, a, a, a big box, a trunk, a, 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 a dresser, whatever, and keep as much things as possible in there. <laughs> Just be like a, don't, don't be like a crazy hoarder because then one of then one of your one of our our mutual friends will show up to perform an exorcism to get you out of the house but <laughs> but you should understand that part of being prepared means having things that you might need and i think that's useful because i can go over to my little trunk and pop that bad boy open and i've got things i've got voodoo i've got hoodoo i've got things i ain't even tried but i you know at any given moment i've got about a billion different things that i can pull out and say okay i don't need to go hunting under moonlight for a for a shrubbery to find the a branch that i can carve into a wand i've already got one (laughs) you know yeah um i think that's not especially if you have that chaos magic approach of like you know what can i if i have it i can use it for something the old maxim of um when you're talking about you know in inventory management for instance is uh don't wait till you're out of something to before you get more of it and in the same kind of way of like you know in the the hoarder spirit of what you're talking about you feel hokey just like going and buying shit saying like oh yeah i'll use this incense later but, you know, nothing nothing makes you feel worse when you're about to give an offering to Mighty Jove and then you're sitting there wondering where the hell your lighter is and, oh, my God, do I have any incense? And then, you know, oh, no, th- then the lightning comes. I had a bushel of frankincense earlier and where did it go? Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. yeah. That's probably off the top of my head the, the thing that I can think of because I'm not prepared for this. Hypocrite. <laughs> What about you? You got any uh, tips for our listeners? Um, the, the 
biggest advice I have for being prepared when doing magic work is don't immediately jump into whatever the hell you're trying to do. You know, if you find, you know, you find a ritual online from something or you go through your grimoire and find something or, you know, you even if you write something yourself and come up with it, don't immediately go about doing it. I know a lot of, you know, a lot of the best way we I'll learn to later. Yeah. I'm well, going mean, to do the other thing. I I think that and I've got this YouTube video I need to rewatch. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I think the idea of just sitting with rituals and ideas and, you know, even god forbid rehearsing what you're supposed to be doing is probably really underrated. I think that if you well, I mean, you know, you were joking about it, but, at, you know, at the same time, you might sit with something for a week or so and think, you know, there's probably an easier way to do this or there's probably a better way to do this. Or, oh, man, I thought this was going to be really simple, but it turns out memorizing barbarous names in a language that I don't speak is kind of hard. Fair point. Um, so that's that's really the best advice I have for anybody as far as preparedness in magic is just, you know. Give yourself enough time to actually be prepared for it. Be prepared. That's the Boy Scouts marching song. Be prepared. As through life you march along. Be prepared. On that note, we go to our most uh, beloved segment here at CMN, where we take on the news. So we always start with the nice we rapid fire of headlines. We, we invoke the news into us we we take it upon us and we we embrace the archetype of the headline what have you got for us this week colonoscopies may not reduce cancer deaths study finds but one expert says you should still get one that's a kink <laughs> that's not i don't even that's not even a magic thing that's just somebody's sick perversions it's like look it might not save your life but come on it's it's pretty fun for me you know neither of us are old enough to have a colonoscopy so i honestly i know they put i i know the gist of it but i don't know i don't know what i don't know how it's is it's is the idea that they don't they don't do anything for cancer because they don't catch it enough to actually matter or um, I believe that's what this study is saying. It might just be that people don't want to go because it's a really invasive and awful experience. Well, I mean, I know my back alley colonoscopy was not a fun time. Mm. I, I paid a rotor rooter guy yeah. like $45. <laughs> this sounds like kink again, okay? <laughs> oh, we're not and shaming. You paid them. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, sex work is work, but. You know, just saying. I mean, the qualified professionals should be doing it. Definitely not the rotor rooter guy, I guess. But let's see. Yay takes right. to in Yay takes to Twitter after Instagram restricts his account following anti-Semitic post. Do we do we need to talk about? Maybe, maybe you shouldn't. Maybe you just shouldn't be an anti-Semite. Like that's. I I wake up every day, and as part of my daily magical practice my spiritual hygiene if you will 
I say, am I an anti-Semite? And I look at myself and I go, oh, no, I'm not. Okay. And I move on with my day. Is that virtue signaling? I don't mean it. I'm not trying to mean it like that. It's just very, <laughs> to me, it's a very point blank of like, well, just that, don't be an anti-Semite. I mean, I think don't the, say horrible things about Jewish people. I think the <laughs> issue is that people, people like Yay, probably do wake up in the mirror and be like, "Am I an anti-Semite today?" Nah, and then proceed to post shit like that <laughs> anyway. Did you actually see the uh, the no. post? No, I didn't. Um, let me see. Is I, it- how how i'm like it's it's bad i'm sure but how bad is it it's uh i'm a bit sleepy tonight but when i wake up i'm going to deathcon 3 on jewish people oh my god the what funny the thing is i the funny thing is i actually can't be anti-semitic because black people are actually jew also you guys have toyed with me and tried to blackball anyone who opposes your agenda between this and the the White Lives Matter shirt, I mean, Yay has always been on some other shit. We're just gonna. Well, what's, it's, it's probably what's the magical take on I this? My gen, you. If I had to give a magical explanation, yeah. Um. Oh. Um. He is swept up in a particularly strong magical current of very rich and very um socially manipulative con men who see another affluent mentally unstable person that they can use to uh further their nefarious goals sounds about right i mean yeah i mean what did, what did i say in the first episode that the, the the line between magician and con man are the same thing or very similar, you know, that sort of thing. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I don't disagree yeah. with that. Can't disagree with that. But yeah. speaking of uh, these uh, nefarious social elements that are willing to use any and everything as a, uh, you know, a, a ploy in their uh, mysterious goals, let's talk about the satanic panic that's going on in this country right now. You know, it's it is spooky season, as everyone knows. Cue the music. Boy. <laughs> yeah, it's spooky season, so <laughs> Yeah, it it's spooky season, so um we're all perfect. Yeah. We're uh it, yeah, it's a uh, it is spooky oh, season. We're doing it live. Yeah, yeah, dude, we're doing it live. <laughs> Oh, but yeah, it, it uh, just hit, hit me with hit, no, 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 hit it again. <laughs> oh, you're so amused by that. Oh, I'm, I'm so happy that I'm not the only person. It's it's great because it. it at, at least at least two people are amused by this. If all the listeners absolutely hate it, we will do it again next week. But everybody already stopped listening like a minute, like a minute or two ago when, when I started talking about Kanye. Yeah. They were like, nope, I'm out. Yeah, nope. Uh, we love Ye in this house. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, so um the new Hocus Pocus came out. 
which is yeah, awesome. I, I because Oh, you did. You saw it. Yep. Yep. I watched it with a lady friend. So um, here's here's the real question. We're had by all. Here, here's the real question for you, then. As as a um, sure. as a viewer, what did you think? But as a magician, what did you think as well? Oh, um, okay. So as a viewer, yeah, it's fine. It's you know nothing to write home about. It's a thirty. It's a thirty-year gap sequel. Um, it has some callbacks to the first movie. It's it's decidedly of the time that it was made in. You know, it wears that proudly. It's it had some moments that made me laugh. It had some moments that made me probably cringe a little bit, but it's you know it's fine. Um, I wouldn't even I wouldn't even try to be like, oh well, is it better than the original? Is it worse? Than it's like yeah, they're they're, they're fine movies. What did you um, think of the first yeah, one anyway? Uh, it's fine. You know, it's a it's a fun little movie. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have I don't have like a deep nostalgia for it like other people might. So it's but, funny yeah, um, because, you know, when I remember seeing that was when we were in Kentucky. That's the first mm, time I saw, mm. you know, you know, and it was one of those family things where everyone's together just watching it. And I remember getting up and okay. walking out of it just because I was incredibly disinterested. And I don't mean <laughs> that. I don't mean that to be a snob. I think that was more of a testament to like how much of a, like a, just a little shit kid i was where i could just get bored at anything like the only thing i remember about that movie is that the guy was a cat right right banks yeah yeah banks that's that's literally most of what i remember about that movie um Uh, so anyway but as a magician what did you think of it what do you think about its portrayal of magic and everything um it's it's actually kind of neat because the main character or main characters rather are teenage girls that had like a, had like a little girl coven and they, they tried to actually be witches and stuff. And main characters got like a good luck charm. It's like, I think it's a piece of turquoise or something. I don't remember. And there's a magic shop in town where they buy stuff, you know, that sort of thing. Um, so it's 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 very much it it fits very well in the uh, modern occult revival we're in. So where it's it's rather than being like oh magic isn't real, you have uh you have a couple characters that are actually sort of the the childlike wonder of of magic is fading for them, and then they get confronted with like oh my god, not only is this real, but now it's you know three witches are trying to kill everyone in town. So that's kind of neat. Um, other than that, you know, as far as like anything that you'd be wanting to steal from this, I guess. I don't know. It's it's just not it, it it's still very much like eye of newt, wing of bat to do your magic spells sort of thing, and I'm just not about it about it. <laughs> You know, uh, you know, it's like the the verge a virgin has to light the candle sort of thing. And it's just like, man, this is some complicated stuff. But, you know, they can in the movie, they can actually shoot lightning and, and all the stuff that everybody wanted to do. And then they found out that they're like, oh, no, it's much it's much weirder. And, and uh, what do you mean? This is about self-discovery. 
I want to throw a fireball. <laughs> I want to throw a fireball. And if I can't do that, what is the fucking point? Magic is not real <laughs> unless I can shoot lightning from my fingertips like Palpatine. It's entirely the mm -hmm. point I got into magic. And I have been disappointed at every turn because of it. Talking about do what thou wilt. Well, I want I wilt to throw a fireball, Mr. Crowley. <laughs> <laughs> the irony of that, right, is now I just reminded of the of Crowley, you know, trying to overthrow the Golden Dawn by shouting out spells at people and waving his wand. And what got him? Yeats. Freaking Yeats, throwing him down the stairs. Yeah. I took that as like an actual story, but apparently that might be something that just got made up after the fact which is you know it, I, I guess who cares it's still funny no it was made up to cover the fact that crowley shrank uh, mather's head to the size of a tangerine <laughs> what <laughs> <laughs> he showed up started yelling spells at him and then the house just exploded <laughs> You're going to be the hermetic order of the tangerine dawn now, folks. I'm outie. Um, so back I'm going to go to Egypt. Have fun with your citrus-sized head, Mather. <laughs> so, um, oh uh, my God. The, um, but not, not everyone was uh, as um, interested in Hocus Pocus in the way you were, or, or any of our listeners probably are. What do you what do you mean? I'm not I'm honestly not 100 percent what you're talking about. There was a a person named Jamie Gooch. I don't know if that's how you actually pronounce her name, but ah, I should have. I, I could have been that this week. <laughs> yeah. Hi, I'm Jamie Gooch. That would have been great, too, because we're talking magic the whole time and she'd be furious. Um, but uh, oh. Jamie Gooch. Her Facebook page went viral this week after she posted a message urging mamas not to let their kids see Hocus Pocus 2 on the account of its dark subject matter. Everybody thinks it's Mama, fake and innocent. Don't let your babies grow up to be witches. <laughs> Everybody thinks it's fake and Sorry. innocent, but they could be casting any type of spell they want. Anything could be coming through that TV screen into your home. I love this because these are the same people that probably watch like law and order SVU with their kids. It's like all <laughs> sorts of things could be coming through their home. Oh, I need ice tea going. You mean they, they're witches and cast spells. <laughs> you mean tell me there's some kind of coven <laughs> in New York, you know, anyway. Um, well, I, I guess my answer to that is, the the alan moore thing that art and magic are very much the same or they're at the very least joined at the hip there is the there's the part of me that wants to go yeah that's absurd because what this woman is actually saying is that there's some sort of nefarious black magic that is going to come through your tv but on another level there's the part of me looking at this and goes well you know any media that you open yourself up to is going to go in. It's going to go in internal. It's going to go into your head somewhere and it's going to have some kind of effect. Well, you know? I, I think that's sort of the issue, right? Cause this is the bigger, the, the bigger story here is that it's not just hocus pocus. It's like all the Disney movies of the last, you know, 
decade probably have been accused of like programming your children into being evil, which is on the one hand, I understand because I too hate Disney. I always go with Charles Bukowski's uh, opinion of Mickey Mouse of like Mickey Mouse doesn't have Mickey a fucking Mouse doesn't soul. have a fucking soul. Yeah, I know that. Yeah, one. he doesn't. He, that, that fucking rat. <laughs> Fuck him. Fuck Absolutely. him and the duck. I mean, Disney's. I mean, my issues with Disney are much more of Disney as a corporate entity and what they do with copyright and you know how they they bulldoze down daycares that draw their characters on the walls and stuff. You know. Like that's this is just evil behavior. I don't think Disney has a um I don't think Disney is satanic. I think it's just a money making machine trying to extract things out of you with um less than stellar media most of with the time. With feel good characters and, that tug and, at your heartstrings. Yeah, and that also, you know, it's it's also very fond of just like uh subsuming other intellectual properties that are already popular and adding them to the Cronenberg conglomerate body. Oh man. See, that would be a much better thing if Disney just bought all of Cronenberg's works. I'd love to see like, yeah, come on. You're telling me you don't want to see like, you know, long live the new flesh at Disney world. Oh, just Mickey Mouse saying that to you as you walk into the park. <laughs> Long live the new flesh! Ha ho! Like, well, I'm gonna have nightmares now. Fun, <laughs> but no, the but I I guess that's the thing is just like, I guess there is the idea of what what do do large corporate do large corporate media conglomerates have an agenda with the product they push out and. Do they, is it a unified enough front that you could argue that it is an attempt at social manipulation? And then the step further to relate it back to what this podcast is actually about, would you call that magic? Um, advertising I'm is not magic. sure. I'm, I'm fully, I'm, in, in the way that we have to accept that all sorts of magical phenomena really all get lumped together as magic to begin with. I think we have to say that things like advertising can be considered magic in a certain sense. But well that would go back to the magician and con man right sort of thing. Yeah. The magician and if, the con man. If somebody's war- if some if somebody's warping your reality and making you and, and changing the way that you perceive the world, that's that's a magician, I suppose. I guess then the answer is is this is their intent is this is this an actual goal or are the various woke or whatever you'd want to call it sort of themes and things that are being brought up through all of this are these being sold as an attempt to make money because they know they'll sell because they can say hey we put this in this movie and we 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 added this representation and this that and the other thing is that hocus pocus doesn't even have any of that it's a very straightforward movie, you know, no pun intended, um, other than just acknowledging that, like, witches are a thing. Well, and I mean, it doesn't put them in a positive light anyway, for the most part. Well, even the original <clears throat> Hocus Pocus had, I guess, more of a feminist bent than a lot of other movies at the time did. When did, when did it come out? Like, 93? Something like that? I don't know. Yeah, remember. you know, there was, um, you know, uh, uh, the, the lead was a 
you know, a strong young woman character. That's, you know, better than a lot of things. I'm sure, I don't know if it's going to pass the Bechdel test as it were or whatever, but, you know, especially mm. considering that the, the, you know, the bad guys are stereotypical, ugly crone witches. I'm sure that's not very, that's not very woke, I suppose, but. On well, the, other- the main character is the, ki- the main character is the kid, the, uh, the, 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 bo- the boy, whatever his name is. What, the cat? He's like trying to, no, no, no. See, Her, I barely the, remember the this The girl movie. you're thinking of's brother. Oh, is like yeah. The, that's who I would think is the main character because he's like trying to save her. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, I remember. Doesn't it open with him talking shit about Valentine's Day or something like that too? Or am I just completely mixing up these movies? Said, no, I think, I think he has that speech about, about like Halloween, Halloween was that's, invented by oh, yeah. companies. Yeah, that's what I meant. I, I'm an idiot, forgive me. But yeah. Yeah, you know, Halloween invented by candy companies and then, you know, that's just supposed to be Well, uh, but but back to the issue of like this literally is just satanic panic and I think it goes hand in hand with the oncoming and ongoing occult revival that we're dealing with. Well, that's actually what I was going to get at here. It's like I think the idea that this person is really trying to get at with, you know, the overall Disney conspiracies and the the specifics of hocus pocus to putting stuff through your tv is that you know in a way yeah they're definitely putting you know black magic into your home just by showing your kids freaking witches to begin with right you know these are the kinds of people that they don't want that kind of shit on tv at all they want to just ignore that any of it happened and overall it's really just a reaction against you know it's the the black magic they're worried about is you know like the very mild representation and tolerance that Disney is willing to fork out for money. Right. Right. And it's just, and and then beyond that, I think just the acknowledgement of witches as a thing and showing them in any, any sort of positive light, I guess, because these are people that believe because they have a certain religious background that, you know, thou shall not suffer a witch to live. Where it's like, all right, if you if you do magic, you're you're going against my guy and I'm going to kill you for it. And that's a maybe that's an extreme measure. But this is also a person saying that Disney is putting black magic in your movies to hypnotize your kids. Well, I mean, these are the same people that freaked out about Harry Potter, too. Right. Harry mm-hmm. Potter. And Pokemon. Yeah. And Pokemon. Oh, man. I remember being a kid and being like, Pokemon was the devil. You know, like, what? what? No, that's Pikachu. What? You can catch the devil in Pokemon? Pikachu? That's awesome. But yeah, it's this isn't anything new. It's just, and, and the fact that it's getting the response it is, is purely because people want to gawk at it because it's funny. You yeah, know? you know, it, it's spectacle. You feel better about yeah. laughing at well, the person it, that's freaking out the about it. The problem is, is that it's not funny. One, it's not funny once you have like a state representative that's saying that shit, which we do. Yeah. But, um, we have plenty of we have plenty of them all over, and it's just that that's when you ha- when you remember that there are people who actually think this, and that if they happen to get in positions of power, they might be able to act on them it becomes far more terrifying. Yeah. That's so by all means, by all means, get your yucks in, but also remember that these are, this is the type of stuff that the, the satanic panic of the seventies and, and 
got people locked up in prison for years and years and years. Well, and we're already back to it, too, because, you know, what was the big high keynote of the satanic panic? Right. It was like child abuse. Right. Yeah. All these. And where are we at? Yeah. Yeah. QAnon pedophile rings, you know, not that Jerry Epstein, Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah. Oh, shit. (laughs) See, you already forgot. That's what the media does. It's, yeah, yeah, that's what Disney's doing. Yeah, Disney has made you forget that Jeffrey Epstein was ever a thing. Now you're just like, ooh, Encanto. Yep. We don't talk about Jeffrey. Oh, there's another one, Encanto. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's in the name. It's going to, in, you know. It's going anyway. to Encanto you. And you'll have a large family. Encanto your children. Yeah. Oh, God. <clears throat> well. Since we discussed the uh, revival of the occult, um, that gives us a nice segue right into uh, the next bit. We're going to talk about witch talk. I know you're all so happy. Well, and, and now I, I'd almost... Are, I, we joked about it earlier, but are we just looking down our nose at people? <laughs> is that what this is going to be? I mean, I, I don't want to just be a jerk. It's I don't. Just, I, well, that's kind of what I was going to get at here, right? It's like, I don't necessarily, I don't hate witch talk in and of itself. I think witch talk is just a really nice manifestation of most of the things I hate about the occult community. Yeah, these bad ideas were present. It's just now there's, there's an easy way to get at them and be like, hey, look at this. Isn't that awful? What are your thoughts on witch talk overall? Tough question. It's just because I mostly see the the worst of the worst. Right. Yeah. But I think in the, in the same way that like Twitter isn't necessarily the best outlet for occult talk because of the way that discussions are sort of couched and the way that they're structured by like, you know, getting in a thread and talking to this, that and the other. Um, TikTok is even worse because it's it's literally just soundbite 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 and it doesn't you know the maybe maybe somebody can be like oh hey here's the book that i'm reading and here's something i got from it you should probably read this book and maybe that can get you something but that doesn't necessarily foster discussion very well either i don't know i so the problem is that because I'm not really on TikTok like that. All I get are the worst. Right. So I, I can't have an informed opinion about it beyond like, man, there's some really bad witches on there. But there's always really bad occultists everywhere. It doesn't matter. Look, look in this room right now. <laughs> Viewer, go to your bathroom. <laughs> Stare look in, in the, the mirror. mirror. <laughs> you are a bad occultist. You have two occultists inside you. One of them is never prepared. The other one is always talking about moon water. <laughs> well, and um, yeah. the, uh, the thing I wanted to bring up specifically is I, you know, I have a handful of articles here that I'm just going to kind of skim from and I'll gladly quote people when they deserve it. Okay. Fuck. Where the hell was it? Oh, I just lost Can one of we... my articles. <laughs> the, 
Our first article comes from the Rappler. It's called Witch Talk, How Modern Witches Are Enchanting TikTok. Nice, nice little grabby headline. Even before religious gatherings were forced to go virtual, one community in particular, contemporary pagans, were online, performing virtual rituals or discussing theology on chat forums. Continuing this lineage is witch talk, the subculture of pagans who use TikTok to share spells, learn about mythology, and connect with co-religionists. Contemporary paganism is an umbrella term encompassing many traditions, including Wicca, heathenry, and druidry. Generally speaking, however, pagans are united by a reverence for nature and belief in one's ability to interact through ritual practices with deities and energies throughout the universe. As young people search for religion, as young people search for religion or simply spirituality, many are turning to witchcraft. This might be because teens are inspired by TV shows because witchcraft's cottagecore aesthetic reflects design trends, or perhaps because a religion that values nature and seems appropriate amid ecological crises. Or perhaps it's Hocus Pocus too. Yeah, obviously. No, I mean, that's actually what they're saying. I, I really love this because it's, it's one of those things that you can I tell the person Charmed, that wrote this. Now is, I'm a Wicca. Right, exactly. I mean, here's the thing. Like, it's not wrong 100%, but it's also one of these things of like, this person actually doesn't know anything about, um, you know, this is magic. An outside, this is an outside perspective. Yeah, this is someone that like doesn't yeah. understand magic yeah. already, just kind of like being like, well, okay, why would people believe this shit? Like, obviously, it's like right. religion, right? It's the same thing, you know? Yeah. Which, you know, I, I'll well, be the first to yak at people, people about it. You think so? If, if you're a, well, if you're a Wicca, Wicca is a, a religious, like, that's a religious order, basically. I can't find a meaningful distinction between it. And if you want to talk like, well, they do rituals and stuff, it's like, yeah, so, so is high mass at, at, at the, the cathedral, you know? It's magic. And if, you, if you're defining it as like ritual to get a desired result, you're communing with Christ, that sort of thing. And then especially when it's being framed as like, well, these are, you know, pagans. What are pagans? Pagans are, you know, that's a that's that's a religious term. That's not a magic term. And then I, I think there's a vast majority of people that, you know, uh, if you're. Um, I'll, I'll use the. The lama thing, right? Doing doing resh is a religious act. It's not necessarily a magic act, if that makes sense. Because it's not it's not it's not magic in the terms of I want to make blank happen. It is you know I have this intent to cause this change in conformity with this will, that sort of thing. Instead, it's a lot more of you know it's sun worship. There does seem to be a heavy emphasis on this idea of nature worship being such a primary thing. I can't exactly, again, you know, also not being someone that's on TikTok every minute of every day. Um, in fact, most of what I see from TikTok is, you know, my beloved sending me pictures of dogs or videos of cats or occasionally someone saying something funny. <laughs> Which is a much better use of it, just to be honest, you know. I mean, I don't know. You gotta, know. I, I got to pump that dopamine, dude. Yeah. yeah. I need the I need the feel good button. Um, Come on. The thing that sticks out to me more than anything <laughs> is uh, witchcraft's cottage core aesthetic. I, I um, love the idea that it's like, yeah, people are becoming witches because we're all really into this vibe right now. They're not that far off of the mark. 
is the problem, you know? Yeah. There is, there's a reason that this stuff is selling and it's not because corporations are aware of a cult of like, they're not aware of like the magic current running through and like, Oh no, guys, everyone's waking up. We got to start selling this. No, they know that it's an, it's a popular aesthetic. Right. Yeah. Sephora like selling a, the, uh... most of the people, most, most of the people that are buying your stupid tarot deck are never going to use it for anything, or they might flip through it once and then it's going to go in the bin, you know, like any, not everyone that buys, uh, uh, not everyone that buys an evil eye necklace thinks it's going to do anything. They just think it looks cool. Not nothing wrong with that, you know. If it looked, if you think it looks cool, it looks cool. But you know, mo- it, it's the thing is that a lot of this is a lot of the reason that these are becoming prominent is because they're selling aesthetics, they're selling a look, they're selling the vibe. Yeah, that's actually more of where this um article goes into as well. Um, let's see. So, so what exactly are witches doing online? Broadly speaking, videos of witch talk can be split into four main categories entertainment, spells, promoting businesses, and rants. We kind of fit right at home in there, at least in one of those, right? Well, it's definitely not entertainment. Yeah, it's, it's definitely rants. But, uh, um, <laughs> so let's see. Entertaining posts are hardly frivolous. Creating content allows one to publicly proclaim their religious identity. Joining a trend through comments or follow-up videos connects witches with their broad community, especially for witches in the broom closet. Who do not publicly self-identify simply seeing videos in one's feed can offer validation. So we're we're right into um the magic identity, right? I think I've talked about this before yeah. with other people about like the whole idea of like, you know, being in the broom closet. Because um I I'm not necessarily in the broom closet as it were, so much as like I don't have conversations about magic with people that don't actually get what the hell it's about or what I'm doing just because it doesn't seem like it's going to go anywhere good, right? You know, you don't just show What's up at work point? and be like, ah, man, happy Samheim, everybody. To keep silent, right? You know, just you got to know when to not talk about this stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And most, of the, and most of the time, the fact is, is that even if they're not like thinking, you're, even if they're not looking at you like you're an absolute crazy person, or even if you don't care if they look at you like they're a crazy person, most of the time you're just going to be boring the piss out of them. Nobody cares about that shit. Oh man, I read this I read this great thing on uh on um Kabbalah the other day, right? And they're gonna be like, Yeah, that's cool. You know, um we're I had some we're, Kabbalah we're busy, last night right? in the Mediterranean place. It was really good, yeah. <laughs> but we're uh, we're really backed up right now, so if you could get back to work, please. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, let's see. The witchy marketplace. This goes back more into the uh commercial aspects of this thing. One cannot ignore the commercial aspects of witch talk. Take spell jars, for example. Each spell requires a well-stocked pantry. Even if someone grows their own herbs, many spells require glass vials. Other accoutrements for magic, incense for cleaning, candles for sealing, must be bought. Through videos and comments, witch talk advises where to purchase items. Among the many businesses promoted on witch talk, most popular are small-scale independent retailers who sell crystals, tools, and even assembled kits with everything one needs to perform magic. Well, that kind of circles back to the idea of pre- uh, preparedness, right? Well, it, it does. So, hey, there, there could be something useful there. It's like, hey, I have you ever I bought, know I might, you know, maybe. Have you ever bought a magic ever, kit? No, no. Yeah. Have you I don't ever, think I've ever 
I don't think I've ever bought any kind of pre-made ready to go out out of the box kind of spell thing ever. Why is that? No, no, that's not true. There's well, I, I can tell you why, but I am wrong because I bought a it was like a it was almost like a like a loot box, like a subscription box thing where it was like, hey, here's going to here's the thing where you're going to get like a bunch of random stuff in it, the magic. And it just seemed like a laugh of like, oh, hey, let's see what random stuff I get. And it was like some oils and stuff. And I haven't I, I still have them and I haven't used them for anything. <laughs> and it's mostly because. I do. I either do something to the letter or I do my own personal cosmology or whatever the hell, where it's like, it's either something I built from the ground up or it's something I got out of some like tradition. And there's no, there's no ready-made easy bake oven spells for me because my brain and, and my brain shuts off. Like my brain doesn't take it seriously. And I probably need to do something about that. That's probably something to confront. But I, I, if if you were to put a a a spell kit in front of me, here's everything you need, and then like a piece of paper explaining how to do it, I'm like, I want to throw it in the garbage. Yeah, I was gonna say I was given like a um a little packet as a gift, and it wasn't a specific spell or anything, but it was a little candle with a little candle holder and uh two shiny rocks. And I don't even remember what those the are the is. important parts. Yeah, the shiny rocks. If you don't have them, you know, then it, it's great, too, because it was a, a nice long candle and then two rocks. So it's like, oh, wow, this is incredibly phallic. Awesome. <laughs> um, oh, man. And I my, used uh, it. My like, lack of scholarly knowledge is showing. But uh, what's the it's the black it's the black pebble and the white pebble and you put them in the bag, that sort of thing. I have no clue what you're talking about. Oh boy. I know if anybody, if there's somebody listening right now that it's going, you idiot. It's blank and blank, but it's like a weird, it's like a very basic divinatory system. It taught the, 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 the out, the book, the alchemist talked about it. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, we're, we're, we're newsmen here. We're not, uh, we're not, experts in um anything in particular so okay. well that's Fair fine enough. that's fine they can't judge us too hard or if they do you'll have to make a comment so who really wins here <laughs> um so to continue with the with the article or um actually I, that's pretty much all we needed from that one it doesn't really have a whole lot much more um the other article i really wanted to um take a few notes from is kind of back to the satanic panic we've been dealing with, right? Um, this is from Alatea, or maybe it's supposed to be Alatea. I'm not sure, but they're a, they're a dangerously Christian conservative website from the looks of it, but it's called uh, Why Witch Talk Aren't is Spiritually all? Dangerous for Your Children. Won't somebody please, please think, think of, of the, the children? children. Please. <laughs> over the past year the what? social media platform known as tiktok has become a newfound place to explore real life world of witchcraft it has received the name witch talk and according to an article on usa today the hashtag 
The hashtag witch talk alone has amassed more than 19.8 billion views. First off, citing USA Today in anything is already a problem. Don't do that. That's like citing Wikipedia in your school paper. Like, not, don't do it. Don't do it. Oh, wow. This whole thing is about the USA Today article. So this means that some, some poor conservative parent read a USA Today article and then wrote a huge post. This is just, a, this is just someone's angry rant about um, witch talk after reading a USA Today article, apparently. Let's see. Its popularity has soared over the past year, and author Gabriella Herstick, interviewed by USA Today, explained her thoughts on the trend. We live in this very intense, dark age. People want purpose and they want connection, but beyond that, they want something that helps them connect to something larger than themselves, something that helps them feel like there's a purpose, and magic does that. Magic is a way to align your purpose, your power. Others what interviewed expressed the desire for power, a power that witchcraft and magic claim to possess. Um, I mean, I don't think what, it's an inaccurate. What do, of, what do you think of that statement? I don't think it's an inaccurate statement. It, it's definitely not. I mean, I, I've ranted forever about how I think that what most people are really trying to do when they get into any sort of practice we could call magic is part of the search for meaning, right? That's inevitably what everyone's actually looking for. Because if you want to, if you're just using magic to get rich, there are easier ways. If you're just using magic to like solve your internal um, psychological issues, there's easier ways. You know, if they're, if that's what you're looking for, then great. But you're probably also doing a bunch of other things. Or if you're not, you're just trying to throw a fireball essentially, you know, it's like, you know, well, the, the only reason if, if you're doing magic to get rich and only doing magic to get rich, it's probably because you think that there's like a real simple, easy way to do it. Same thing with like, you know, your the internal journey, the journey inward, you know, it's like, then, you know, you should probably just go see a therapist of some kind that would probably help a lot more than just, you know, doing magic. Yeah, you, you damn sure shouldn't. Uh... You damn sure shouldn't be responding to those Illuminati recruitment messages if, if your goal is to get rich. Oh, yeah. But right. if you want, you can send us at Chaos Magic News four easy payments of $37.95. And we will actually pass on your message to the Illuminati. Like, whatever message you want. Yeah. You know? If like you just want to say, fuck say, the Illuminati. You, you, could just, you could just ask them, like, what they have for lunch. Yeah. They are, uh, they'll be, they'll be contractually obligated to respond. Right. You but, will get, but a, that last payment hidden under a rock that you will find in your backyard or going through your window. And, uh, yeah, either, either, or it depends what kind of mood we're in. But yeah, I think overall, like that's not an inaccurate statement. The, the issue is where they're going to go with that. I think because Let's see. The dangers of witchcraft. The Catholic Church has been extremely clear that Catholics cannot dabble in into the spells or enchantments of witches, warlocks, and wizards. All practices of yeah, magic. Yeah, only the are... priests are allowed to do that. Yep, yep. You're not you're not certified. You got to be able to. You got to have the 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 laying of hands. You otherwise, your magic license. <laughs> All practices of magic or sorcery by which one attempts to tame occult powers 
so as to place them at one service and have a supernatural power over others, even if this were for the sake of restoring their health, are gravely contrary to the virtue of religion. These practices are even more are even more to be condemned when accompanied by the intention of harming someone else or when they have recourse to the intervention of demons. Wearing charms is also reprehensible. Spiritism often implies divination or magical practices. The church, for her part, warns the faithful against it. Recourse to so-called traditional cures does not justify either the invocation of evil powers or the exploitation of another's credulity. See, even the Catholic church understands that Magic and being a con man are like this. They're so close. <laughs> the charms thing is interesting because if it's a pendant of a saint, it's cool, but that's that's a charm, right? Isn't that a charm? Where do they draw the line? What they really because really what what to me at least this reads as any anything that is not an explicitly Catholic use of what we would call magic is bad but everything we do is fine but that's 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 just what dogma does to your brain yeah oh you're you're gonna love this magic seeks to take matters into the hands of the witch or the wizard and denies god's providential care over all creation it is harmful to the soul and plunges a person into a great darkness that is hard to overcome why the hell did i be why the hell about i calling on jesus all the time in these goetia things then like literally spending five mm. hours reading Psalms just so I can summon a demon and I'm supposed to be like denying God. It's like, no, God controls everything. Yeah. That's why I'm begging him to help me out here when I go to face this demon. Well, then uh, even on another level, there's like the, the man doing his true will has the inertia of the universe to assist him. That sounds a bit like God's on your side, right? Like that's what that would be. Yeah, like but, that would be the the translate translate that like that's translate that into the Catholic terms. That would be aligning the will with the divine will. I mean, yeah, you but know? I mean, if you want to talk about the lema and Catholic similarities, right? You just got to look at freaking, you know, love and do what thou wilt, right? Right, but it's also like if we're going chaos magic, which is this is chaos magic news. They would just be like, who cares? <laughs> Dork. <laughs> dork <laughs> you're wearing your guy's got a your dude's got a funny hat and it doesn't even work for him you know i i've got a funny hat but i know this does stuff <laughs> this is my gnosis hat this is my gnosis hat. <laughs> i uh, pull it over my eyes and i cut the flight i cut the flashbulb on and it just it just assaults me until i go into gnosis no it's just a dunce cap that the demiurge makes you wear when you try to get out of the world <laughs> <laughs> oh the other kind of gnosis <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh man all right so those are both fun i mean honestly it, um the other thing i wanted to bring up and we'll just briefly scan this one is uh the financial times of all people put up an article called witch talk how the occult became big online okay now this this might be interesting because now it's like now we're getting into the actual discussion. Well, why did the occult revival start up again? Uh, well, you know what? Before we even get into the into the article, do you do you have any comments on like why do you think now is becoming a another notable occult period? 
you have any thoughts on why that is? Um, the same reason that leftism has had a resurgence. Oh, the rent's too high. Yeah, the rent is too damn high, so now I have to do a spell to make it go lower. I mean, no, it's, did we it's, say that in the last episode? I don't remember if not. I mean, we must I, have. I, oh man, we, I think we were talking about your rent being too high or something, but because you were moving into your new place and stuff. But um, at any rate, yeah, um, yeah I think too damn high. I think the occult revival is really just tied to specifically in this instance. I don't know if historically I'd say it's the exact same thing, but. In this instance, the occult revival, I think, is mostly being stimulated by people feeling both disempowered and alienated because of, you know, the C word mm. and mm. people, yeah. people looking for a way to ha to feel like they have some sort of agency in their existence and also looking for meaning in a world that fundamentally tells them that their meaning comes down to their ability to produce and profit from it right or, or even the intellectual answer to that will tell you that oh no there's no meaning the only the only meaning is just the meaning that you create and even uh you know chaos magic would more or less tell you that i i, I suppose in the decidedly postmodern fashion but well it's it's the difference um, between nihilism and absurdism i suppose right it's the the, the nihilism right. of nothing means anything versus the nihilism of Nothing means anything, so I'm going to force meaning into it anyway. Right, yeah. And then also acknowledging that the meaning that I'm holding on to ultimately also doesn't matter. Right. You know, it's a, and the, the arbitrary, the, the knowing that you are infinitely free to do anything, so hold on to it from one moment to the next and just go with, the, go with it. Now, I would, I think I would agree with that with maybe a few caveats now the only other thing is that that's the material answer or or maybe in another way it's like we're diagnosing the we're trying to diagnose the cause but we're talking about symptoms i'm not i i just think that you know what i'll i'll leave that alone for now that, that might have to be like an episode where we really break that down. Uh, I'll say it's sunspots. It just has something to do. It's it's just, it's all sunspots. It's all sunspots. They get bubbly. It, it gets but yeah. They they get they, the sunspots get bubbly and it fries your brain and you believe in magic. <laughs> if if the sunspots get bubbly, the cauldrons get troubly. <laughs> Um, so let's see on Instagram, 10 of those popular witch accounts have more than 3 million followers between them. And half of those added in the past year on TikTok videos with the hashtag witch talk have racked up more than 11 billion views, 2 billion more than Biden. Ah, oh, man, dark Brandon. Don't, don't worry. Dark Brandon's going to turn that around. Cause then the witch talk people will just start doing rituals to worship dark Brandon and empower him to, um, you know, give us free healthcare. Malarkey, malarkey. <laughs> um, with their glittery creations and dramatic spells, they offer a hint of the sensual and aesthetic stimulation that we have been deprived of under lockdown, says Sabina Maglico Maglioco, a professor of and social that that was... <laughs> Maglioco. Uh, yeah, that's the show with the. Uh, they're in a game. 
Yeah, they go into the virtual world. Yeah, they fight yeah. Xanadu. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, <sighs> says Sabina Maglioco, a professor of social cultural of sociocultural anthropology at the University of British Columbia, Canada. It might seem incongruous that the esoteric and the occult are flourishing in the digital age when the constant ex- overexposure of social media threatens to destroy all mystery. But a search for ritual and order in the pandemic has proven a fertile moment for the magical, and it is finding a home on some of the internet's biggest platforms. Turbulent times often produce spiritual movements, says Sarah Harvey, a research associate in King's College London oh. of Theology and Religious Studies. Oh, okay. The golden yeah. age of spiritualism another... was between the First and Second World Wars. Oh, there's a, yeah, that's another, that's, that's the, I, I think that's, that's probably something that I could have touched on without getting into a huge thing is that these tend to come out of huge social upheavals. Right. Like when there's big social upheaval, stuff starts moving again. And it's, it's literally because, um, the occult generally functions as anti-dogmatic behavior. Oh yeah. So when dogmas fall, when dogmas fall apart, magic steps up right and then the magic and then the magic solidifies into new dogmas and then it happens again that's why the church doesn't want you wearing talismans but they literally have the saint pendants and you can get your crosses blessed and everything and you know you guys do all of the stuff well it's it's worse than that too right because there's always the the reactionary response to it which is about what this is about going into uh, Maglioco says that QAnon, with its lurid claims of satanic ritual abuse and sacrifice, is a rebirth of moral panics about witchcraft that stretch back to Roman times, which reached their fever pitch in the 1980s and 90s. There's a lot less mis- misinformation than there once was, but there's definitely some nervousness at the times about this stuff. Added Rose. There's it's something that's always in the back of my now. mind. Wait, wait, about Wait, about wit- mis- less information about witches. Okay, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Sorry. that was actually the thing I was going to say, too, is... um, What internet are... I was about to be like, what internet are you on, lady? <laughs> it's... I mean, overall, I, I think it's fun that witch talk circled us back to the Hocus Pocus thing again, right? But I think... Yeah, this feels like... For, for us not being prepared, we seem to have pulled off a quite a tightly knit episode yeah everything's it's all connected man it's the web the net the net is awesome <laughs> um yeah so but overall i think it's um you know especially with like the q on people right it's sort of this kind of bend where we're all no one is actually looking for material answers to any of these problems to begin with anymore we would all much rather oh, just, find just, magic and it, whether we're, yeah, whether we're, we're the, saying that we it's the evil magic. Yeah, exactly. Whether it's the devil t- coming at you from Disney or if it's we've completely lost our connection to the spiritual nature that we're all a part of, you know, it's a lot easier than being like, well, man, you know, I, I think we have really bad social problems and a really, really bad mode of production. And it's kind of uh, kind of made life intolerable for a lot of us. Right, right. Yeah. It's, and then it, well, because then the problem is, is that you can't create, a, you can't create a Manichaean war where you get to just be the ultimate good guy. You can't be the, you can't be the hero when you're acknowledging that this is a, 
an off the rail system of of bizarre ping ponging cause and effect because that's hard to deal with. And even what you're doing, where you're you know you're doing a decidedly Marxist analysis, you're it's 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 reduction it's reducing it so that you can at least say here's one thing that we can do or at the very least here is where a big chunk of the problem is but the issue the issue isn't necessarily just the the dreaded c word it's it's the unforeseen and unforeseeable effects of it that cause a lot of problems right and i think that's actually you know, that's more of what I'm getting at, I think, you know, because it's, I don't, I don't think that these are the only solutions we have, but I think that that's actually what people are reacting to more often than not. Oh, and, and let me, let me clarify that when it comes to the, when I, when I say the unforeseen and unforeseeable consequences, I don't mean like, oh, we, how did you know? Oh, this echo, this echo, this ecological disaster. Who could have seen this coming? It's like no. The, some of this is very obvious. Like, yeah, this is the system operating as intended. I'm talking about more like witches coming right, back. Yeah. It's like, ah, oh, man. <laughs> no, who would have thought damn, that? Who would have thought that you know the, the the merchant class taking over would lead to witches online? Yeah, like that's more what I'm talking about. Is we're seeing the. Uh, we're seeing bizarre things are getting weirder all the time. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, I always go back to the, uh, again, I, I don't believe in multiverse theory. And if anyone wants to argue with me about it, don't, <laughs> but, um, I, I don't believe in multiverse theory, but I've always been very interested in that one theory. And I don't remember who said it, but it's, a uh, the reason the world is continually getting stranger and stranger is because there's a limited amount of worlds that we haven't just blown ourselves up to smithereens. So yeah, more and so more the, unlikely the, things have to keep happening. Of, the course of history has to go in exceedingly extreme directions to keep us from killing ourselves. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll yeah. accept it. Cause I mean, as long as, um, if I can get to the penultimate world of like, this is the one that went the longest, it's going to be a fun time. I mean, it's not going to be a fun time, but it'll be a fun to look at time. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, the the most ancient curse. May you live in interesting times. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, oddly enough, this brought me back to something that happened back in March. Um, you know Scarlet Imprint, I I assume, right? Right. Yeah. You know Peter Gray. There was a. You remember the little controversy that happened with the um, the, Gray oh, the and, Gordon White. Yeah. yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. They mm -hmm. um. The he um he made a a a post about that. In, um, on the Scarlet Imprint website called The Latest Witch Hunt. And um, he, mm. there's a part of okay. it where he talks about he, how he holds, he has a bachelor's in political silence. Uh, po political silence? No, like the, that's what the Democratic Party has. They have a, a bachelor's in, that's uh, what I they have a master's in political silence. Facebook would have. Right, yeah, same. Um, but um, he, he talks about how, you know, he has a background in political science and he was pursuing, he called it the utopian dreams for society through a Marxist class-based analysis. It became clear to me that revolutionary socialism was not the answer and was either unrealistic or unfolded into new forms of tyranny. I turned to pers the pursuit of magic. 
which is something that I think underlies a lot of this. And maybe it's not people as well informed as Mr. Gray by any stretch of the imagination. But I think a lot of people, rather than looking at the, the very real issues of things like community and agency in the world, turn to magic. And well, and then I, I suppose the answer would be would be uh, Levy. Why not both? Oh, right. Yeah. Well, I mean, in, in a way, Levy did the same thing because, you know, Levy was a I, I can't remember what Levy's real name is at the moment, but he was a very active socialist. But at a time when socialism, spiritualism, magnetism and, you know, the esoteric were all kind of bound up with each other. But. They became much less of a well, they, socialist. They need, to, they need to come back. Oh yeah, yeah. Are you trying to are you trying to win or not? Or I've, do you want Disney to own everything in the future? <laughs> well, I, I I think that's um my big thing against or worse Peter yet, Gray the here, hocus right? pocus people, the hocus pocus beaming spells into you people are gonna win, and then we're gonna be really fucked. Let me talk about the new witch hunt. I mean, you know, <sighs> all I'm saying is that you know the. The reactionaries have their magic. They've been they've been doing it for a while now. You know, yeah. you might as well. They're very good at it. They're very good at it. I mean, if so, as far as um, you know. Oh, you, and when we say the reactionaries have it, we're not talking about David Griffin. All right. <laughs> I was a little bit. Oh, just a little bit. Yeah, David Griffin definitely saved Trump from getting struck by lightning. Killing his own dog. <laughs> he killed his own dog. He beat his own dog to death and then blamed it <laughs> on the witches of TikTok hexing Trump. David Griffin strangled his dog and left it in the desert and blamed witch talk. <laughs> <laughs> we are definitely going to get slandered. We're going to get, I uh, know we're definitely going to get sued for slander. David Griffin is a, a bit of a bit of a, um, a, a, a lawsuit hound from what I remember. He can suck my dick. I'm just, I'll just bring up all the slander that he gave against like Rigardi and be like, yo, so it's fine when you do it. So we ain't got no money. So like, yeah, it's like, who's he going to, I mean, plus he doesn't even know my real name. He's going to, you're going to look like a, no, no judge is going to take you seriously when you put like, he's going to look up Terrence McNugget and I'm going to be screwed. (laughs) Um, I don't think we have, we don't have, we'll we'll, go ahead. Well, let's, can we put a, can we put a, can we put a bow on this here and say that, like, you know, is is there a a pathway where those two those two poles can meet up again? Or do you think we're going to continue with if you're a materialist, you end up just sort of as a leftist? And if you're a spirit, if you're a spooky woo woo, then you just end up being a spooky woo woo. Well, because there's there's so much crossover. Oh yeah, but there's I mean, no there's no meaningful coming together yet. Right. I don't. Well, and part of it comes down to that. I think most people that have a very s- standard materialist outlook end up being some form of socialist, or you know, mm-hmm. democratic socialist, or you know, you're tanky, I suppose, whatever. And most people that tend to have more spiritual views tend to view themselves as anarchists of some kind. And that's just another division that's been in the left for a long time. You know, what I think we really need is a return to the sort of spiritual socialism that people like Ammon Hennessy and the Catholic workers were really big on or, you know, 
earlier than that, people like, you know, Fourier, who, you know, I, I, I get it. I don't particularly ascribe to his idea of like, we're going to get everything in order and then all the planets will shift and the oceans will taste like lemonade and it'll be awesome. But I think there's a lot of good found in the sort of spiritual aspects to social change that he was looking for. Maybe that's maybe that's another episode. Oh, definitely. I think that's I, where we, we can actually we'll have we, to do we, the we spiritual get the actual history of these people and and how we got to here and what what that means going forward. That would be a good one. I'd I'd listen to it at least. Yeah, you'd listen to it, but you know, will they? <laughs> yeah, I'm already worried. We got uh, maybe a little too political on this one. Uh, I mean, I would be more than happy to tell anyone that doesn't agree with our political opinions that this is our show. So go for it. (laughs) (laughs) But, well, well, let's see. Do we have anything else to talk about with Witch Talk? I have a paper that's like really goes deep into the ideas of things like material religion and such. But. I don't know if that's going to be of interest to anyone beyond anything we already said. You know, we've said it in a much dumber, non-academic way, but a lot of this is kind of what's going on with what we were talking about. So, uh, maybe save that. Maybe save that for if we do make that episode, because that might be a good thing to bring it back to. I am, I am actually surprised because we, we, we weren't super prepared, and I imagine we're both super tired. But a lot of these themes and ideas have really just been circling back on each other the entire time. Oh yeah. I guess in our, in our malaise, we kind of tapped into a a certain issue we wanted to talk about somehow. So, you know, I'm I'm pretty happy with it. Yeah. We managed to there. So in, in complete opposite of what we said about being prepared earlier, just don't be prepared folks. Things will work out on their own. (laughs) That's how you know your magic. Yeah. So meanwhile, they're all thinking this didn't work out for shit. You fucking lunatic. This is terrible. This is your second episode. Oh, no. It's only going to get worse <laughs> from here. And you'd be right, dear well, listener. Uh, there is uh, one question that we have both forgotten. Oh, no. Yeah. What is how it? goes the work? Oh, well, um. You know, it's, um, it's work. You know, I, um, (laughs) people that know me in the online sphere know that I'm doing that, um, servitor challenge that friend of the show, Ben Beardsley kind of kicked off. And, uh, I chose the absolute worst thing to make a servitor for, which is, you know, to help me get work done. So it it just me. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) what did you say? Second guess. Jazz hands. Jazz hands. (laughs) Oh yeah. No, no, it was, um, it was to get, help me get work done and, um, make a lot of the, um, background things that I don't really pay attention to or things that have to go and get done in order for me to keep working. Um, so it's been really successful so far, but it's also meant that I've just been working like crazy, which I guess is a good thing, Mm. but you know, on the other side of things, you know, and as far as, um, things, I try to keep myself limited to one project at a time. You know, I'm always doing my normal spiritual hygiene crap, but you know, I'm not trying to, I'm not going like, all right, I have the servitor thing going on. I'm going to start the Abermelon work working um, after that. And, you know, 
while I'm doing that, I'll just get real into Zog Chen. You know, I I I, I love um. I, I my mind is always going various places when I, it comes to the work, but I try to at least limit my practical actual work to one thing at a time. What about you? How's your how how are you doing? I know you haven't had a whole lot of time to do anything since the last time we talked, but well, to circle back just one more time, it's very much about what can I do in fifteen minutes. <laughs> um, you know, like you said, I I uh, I'm doing my my daily meditation stuff and. That's really about it. You know, I'm it's it's already getting a little late. I am probably going to hop off this call and get to bed at some point. Um, that's not me saying, oh, we need to go. But I, it's just sort of that's that's the that's where I'm at is that I, I took. I took more time to do this than I have anything else this week, pretty much. Oh, man, I'm sorry. That's a. Uh... You you would have yeah. been had your time would have been better spent doing literally anything besides this, I think. No, no, this is this is a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, um, I think very highly of you and I'm just happy to be a part of it. Oh, so sweet. See, we do have feelings here at CMN. <laughs> yeah. We're not just telling people that they don't know how to do magic and that they're pawns in a socioeconomic system that forces them to wear wizard hats and buy a Sephora tarot decks. <laughs> um, well, well, is there anything else we need to talk about before we wrap up? Uh, the, okay. Brief aside, I guess the, cause we mentioned it in passing in the first episode, the vice article thing. Oh yeah. The vice, vice article. article. Yeah. It's, it's still not out and we're not, we're literally not going to talk about anything about it or relating to it unless it comes out. So there's your, there's your update and probably the last. Yeah. And if it does come out, we'll unfortunately dedicate an episode oh. to it. Just reading it and being like, Oh man, this is, this is bad. Oh. This is real bad. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, with that said, this has been Chaos Magic News, the only news podcast your tinfoil hat wearing uncle loves, but he doesn't like the swearing. As always, please do not astral project into the CMN headquarters. You won't get a sneak peek at next week's episode. You will only scare our astral cat. You can check us out on chaosmagicnews.com. We're on Instagram and Facebook, and you can tweet us at Chaos Magic News on Twitter. Uh, Terrence, would you like the last word? Crap, I didn't prepare anything. Oh, no. We'll just have to delete the whole episode. It's fine. Uh, burn it down. Yeah, just, let's just pretend we didn't do any of this. All right, well, as always, thanks for, thanks for listening, everybody. We love you. We will see you.